found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, you made it to another week. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Boy, I tell you, it has been one of those weeks with the snow. And I mean, have you been doing a lot of shoveling in your house? Yes. Yeah. It just seems like it never stops. Uh, I don't know. I've uh, been blessed with somebody coming over and pawing me out, but uh, my little snowblower couldn't keep up with it. Uh, well, welcome to this week's podcast. And do you wonder why you take the time each week to listen to more podcasts? I'll tell you why. More stands for maximizing opportunities for right now and eternity. So stop asking why you listen. Just never forget to listen and pass it on. And we thank you so much because our numbers are going up. Uh, we're almost again at another mile marker. We've got uh, 6,000 downloads of this podcast. And so 6,000. 6, isn't it crazy? It's great. Yeah. So <laughs> to think that people take the time every week to listen to our podcast. Well, this episode has been brought to you by Narcissist Soap. You know, some people are just a cut above. Other humans really don't compare to them and just aren't as important. If you feel that uh, this might be describing you, you should probably check out this soap. You can find this amazing soap at offthewagon.com for ten ninety nine. Even you can smell good as a narcissist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's a real soap. I just thought of something. So go, keep going. You're doing it. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, so you can use promo code WASHME, and uh, you might get some money off. I'm not sure. Well, he's like Starbucks. He looks good, smells great, and makes your day just a little bit better. Pastor Gary. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Is, yes. yes, and sitting across the table from me, the man with all of the buttons, knobs, and talent. Yeah, the oh, man that oh. makes soap actually smell better after he <laughs> uses it, Pastor Alex Norton. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so getting back to this, uh, snow story, uh, how much did you get in your area? I mean, uh, I would think somewhere in the three foot range would be pretty safe. Three foot. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. It was uh crazy. Um, we were getting some pictures from friends of ours and, uh, one of them lives in Indiana. Okay. And they don't usually get snow sure. in Southern Indiana. And so she took a picture of it and it's like a little small, little dusting. Uh-huh. So then Amy's like, we'll show her. And yeah. so we took a little drive and we were showing her the snow and stuff. And uh, she was just like, oh my gosh. She apparently, she loves snow. Her name's. Uh, and so she just really wanted to. Cindy um, loves snow. And I'm like, you can come up visit anytime you want. Right up the road from me, um, you know, it's all uphill. Um, past my house and uh, the people up on top of the mountain yeah they got around five i'm pretty sure really yeah so they always get a lot more snow than we do at the bottom of the hill but uh so one of our maintenance guys lives up there and yeah. he's like yeah five for sure five for sure or like yeah uh it was it's funny because i now i have a nice little uh nice little hill uh-huh. where they've been pushing the snow uh-huh. and uh i was outside and i'm like where's our dogs at couldn't find him anywhere oh looking 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 i'm like great well, you know because a lot of times they'll take off into the woods and try to see if they can find coyotes and whatever else and uh so i'm looking around looking around all of a sudden i see these heads poke out of the hill they made themselves a little igloo in that thing for real yeah they're in there just hanging out i'm like come on you know i know that um i shovel a little spot behind my uh, back door where i go down to put wood on the fire and i have yeah. to climb up the snowbank and then down to go down oh man to the fire yeah, about that time, you're like, we got to figure out a way to yeah. do this because going up and down the hill. Oh, well, oh, yes, we have uh, some Twitters that have come through. Um, 
my wife says call them tweets but i, I, I just can't help myself twitters uh pastor alex and amy uh seem to have a fun marriage do they record conversations at home this is hashtag possible new podcast yeah my wife and i uh thanks for sh- putting that on there yeah we we tend to have a good time uh having all kinds of weird conversations i apparently am the random question guy at home you mm. know and so my wife loves that you know okay so you just come up with questions and ask uh, her. just for this yeah just for the heck of it just to see what happens knowledge. <laughs> yeah usually i ask her when she's super busy and she's like i have no idea don't ask me that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah we sit around we have uh, a lot of good interesting stories uh another one here does exercise uh plotties come from the name of pilot uh fellow bible scholar uh i don't know if you heard uh last week or the week before uh mike said that uh he he pronounced the name of pilot as pilate Mm. and so okay so apparently hey this could be a good thing i mean pilates pilot yeah i guess you can see how the day would work yeah uh another one here oh here we keep having people talk about the bingos uh for sunday uh, worship uh bingo square idea cell phone rings in church gets a square okay that would happen quite a bit you think you know harper has been pretty good and it's only happened occasionally just occasionally yeah. yeah uh last night uh my wife and i were We've been doing uh, bingo, or not bingo, but uh, trivia night mm. at Hoppy's uh, Landing in uh, the airport. Yeah. We go there Tuesday nights. And uh, so we're sitting there, and this this phone, you're not supposed to have your phones when you're playing because they right. don't want you cheating. Sure. Well, this person's phone kept going off, and so they weren't, they didn't want to answer because they want to get mm-hmm. disqualified from the mm-hmm. from the round. And so it's the, uh, I don't know if you remember the the sound that the bewitched girl would make oh. when you, she'd twinkle her nose. Yeah. It kept doing that over and over and over again. And finally, we're like, just answer the phone. Uh You know, we'll just take a break for a second, answer the phone, or shut it off or something because it was getting super annoying, you know? Right. Oh, my gosh. But we came in third last night. Oh, nice job. Yeah. We came in third last night. Um, What put us over the top is uh, questions, uh, multiple choice. Well, it's actually, you you, uh, have to uh, find the right uh, title for this person. And it was over cartoons. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm a shoe in for that. There you go. I've watched a lot of cartoons with my boys. So the right era, and I did well. That's great. So that is uh, the bingo square idea um, that we could probably use. So, you know, when you're ready to roll us out, we got a lot of squares ready to go. Okay. I mean, people keep bringing them in here. But, uh, you know, we're just trying to find ways to just make people, you know, listen a little bit better on Sunday. That's yeah. the whole point of it. Yeah. We're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Where curiosity meets insight. Tune in, delve deeper, and discover more. Well, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Yes, we can't stop talking about them because we have a huge game coming up uh, this Sunday at 6.30. Uh, they're playing the 49ers, but last week was an awesome game against the Falcons. Uh, it's interesting, cast away by the Los Angeles Rams three years ago in a trade for Matthew Stafford. The quarterback was uh, welcomed by the Lions and has since become a fan favorite of Ford Field, where the crowd chanted his name, Jared Goff, over and over again. Did you hear that? I've heard about it, yes. 111 decibels. Oh, really? what they got up to, yeah. 
they did it. How does the how does the chant go? Do you know, I didn't get to hear it. Like, it's just golf, golf. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. You just hear that, and then people start doing it. Uh, they were really uh, getting into it, and uh, they have like this little uh, meter that's up on the uh-huh. one of the sides, and it got up to 111, which is a, a record apparently wow, for the crowd. So uh, apparently, they think that if they got everybody screaming, 66,000 fans, they could get it up to 134. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think it's like a, isn't that like a lawnmower sound? It's probably about the same decibels as a lawnmower. Yeah. Well, uh, Goff threw his second touchdown pass with uh, six minutes and 22 seconds left, and the Lions beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry, I said Falcons earlier, but Buccaneers. Uh-huh. 31 to 23 in the divisional round on Sunday, lifting Detroit into the NFC Championship for the first time in 32 years and just the second time in a franchise history. Uh, he took a knee on three straight snaps to run out the clock at the end, giving him a chance to enjoy the sights and sounds as fans stood and continued to scream and troll their white towels around in the arena. So, so I just looked it up just yeah. for the information. So 135 is just below a jet engine at takeoff. Really? Yes. Painful and dangerous. Uh, and <laughs> that's what it says. And uh, Or an air raid siren. Really? Yes. So if they got up to that sound, boy, it would be... Yeah, I read a, I read a quote that uh, Mayfield said that uh, he hasn't heard anything louder. So yeah, well, it was that's pretty impressive. It was pretty uh, jam packed with stars uh, this last game against the Buccaneers. Uh, they had, uh, I mean, every movie star you could possibly think of that was there. Uh, I did see a uh, interesting post. I'm not sure if it was an AI fix or what, but uh, Taylor Swift was wearing lines, Detroit Lions stuff. So that yeah, got a, I, I got I a little, it. yeah, I, that's what everybody's saying. It's yeah. probably the AI did that, but uh, it's kind of funny to think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a great game. There was actually some uh, other ball players from other teams that were there hanging out, and they got a quick little cameo on there. And, you know, it, people have always said that, you know, the Cowboys are America's team, but it seems like the Detroit Lions are starting to sneak in there. Well, it's, you know, it's the underdog factor. Yeah. Right. People want to cheer for the people that just can't seem to get it together, and then they finally start winning. And, People jump on that little bandwagon, and yeah, it was back even when you lived down near Chicago. You know when the Cubs finally oh yeah snap it right? yeah people you know? went nuts yeah so yeah <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean Meyer was telling me he's like you know if these guys win Detroit's gonna get burnt down you know people are just gonna go nuts and uh, Ted said the same thing he's like Pastor Ted he's like yeah Detroit is not gonna exist after they if they win you know Super Bowl yeah I I um. I've, I I kind of called it a couple of weeks ago that I felt like they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I do feel like they can make it to the Super yeah. Bowl. Oh, I'm yeah. not saying they'll win, but they can make it there. Baltimore's and, a pretty heavy team. Um, during this last game, uh, there were a couple of moments where I was questioning the offensive yeah. know, coordinator's decisions <laughs> yeah, around right. the one-yard line with first down. Yeah. And then they tried two passes. Right, yeah. And they, gave it, they made it to fourth down and one, right? Wasn't yeah. that fourth and one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they found I, oh, I jumped out of my seat when yeah. it was third down, and they tried another pass play. I know. I jumped out of my seat and threw my hat down on the ground, <laughs> and I was just like. And then they finally punched it in on fourth and one. Well, they you know they love throwing it to Montgomery, yeah, a lot and Gibbs mm-hmm. and those kind of situations, and it's it's just you know you you I think at the first or second time you realize you're not getting through the line, you, you might want to try something else out, you know. Yeah. I, you know, remember a few years back in the Super Bowl when uh, Seattle, they've got uh, the beast. Yeah. And he was picking up seven yards of carry. Yeah. And they're on, uh, and then they throw an interception yeah. from like the two and they lose the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
minimize risk. Right. Stick it in somebody's hand that <laughs> yeah. can jam it down well, you know, yeah. the defensive throat. And I don't know what was going on in there. Well, especially when you got Laporta and Amon Ra back, you know, all those guys that just have sticky fingers, man. It seems like they always find a way to catch the ball. I love watching Laporta. I mean, he mm-hmm. that guy is unbelievable as some of the catches he made even during the Although Buccaneers during the game, game. St. Brown did flinch once. He did. He dropped it. Yeah. He, he flinched. I was like, I, I have not seen him drop one in a long time. Mm. And he did. And uh, I'm sure he's probably beating himself play up. Too. Yeah. Yeah. The poor guy, he's probably beating himself up over it. And then the defense had me nervous when it was fourth and 14. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we gave up a 30 yarder. Like, come, uh, come on, boys. I know. It's like uh, in the first half, it seemed like we we're going strong. Things were going nuts. And then second half, there's some interesting things that happen and you're like why is the defense i mean not doing like they normally do mm-hmm. uh even hutchinson was he just couldn't get through you know yeah. couldn't make it happen but uh yeah I, it was funny because you read about the buccaneers and they were a little shocked they were a little shocked how well um the defense did keep them from moving forward i, I listened to uh, a broadcast yesterday at kind of a sports show and they said that's one of the qualities about the lions this year compared to and and it's one of the qualities for winning teams is yeah. they don't get shook when they make mistakes, right? right yeah. You're, everyone's going to make a mistake. Don't, right. don't get you know shook up by it. Just get right back out there and do your job. And yeah. that's one of the qualities that Detroit and you know uh, Dan Gamble has you know put in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. And it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to hear him uh, do the interviews and stuff because. He's never out of coach mode, right? Yeah. Like he's, even when he's talking to the press, he's like still a coach. Yeah. And he's like got these little, little phrases and little sayings he puts out there and everybody's like, anymore? You're not gonna say anymore after that? You're just gonna put that out there? Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. You heard what I just called him, right? Yeah. Dan Gamble. Yeah. 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 He is. He is a gambler. Fourth and nine. Well, he's one of the few coaches that, you know, all the, all the guys that are commentators like, really? Like it's the fourth, we know he's going to do something if we're anywhere near the red zone. Right. Yeah. I remember. I remember about twenty years ago, I was at this uh, uh, Labor Day weekend party. Yeah. And um, I'm just talking to people, and somebody said to me, "Are you always on? Are you always, you know, Pastor <laughs> yeah, right. Gary?" And I'm like, "I guess so. You know, yeah. it's just a part of who he is, and it's a part of who we are, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You're just always just thinking that way. That's how I'm wired, right? I just think it's funny. I wonder if he's like at home, you know, he's I talking know. to his wife. Well, I heard, I heard that when he goes to make brownies, if they don't turn out perfectly, he oh, throws I heard them that. away yeah. and makes a new batch. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That'd be a long night for me because <laughs> I'll be burning batch after batch after batch. Uh, the last time I made, uh, talking about brownies, last time I made brownies at our house, uh-huh. I thought I had it. I was going to surprise my wife. I got them done, and uh, when they came out, it was like soup. Oh, really? And uh, my wife's like, this is this is how much she loves me. She's like, well, let's just put it over ice cream. It'll be like chocolate oh. ice cream. Oh, that's I'm a great, like, good save. great solution. Good save. Yeah. <laughs> you know your wife loves you when she can overlook that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and she she's picked something good. You just put it on ice cream. Right. And whatever it is, it'll be better. It'll be better than what it was. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate soup. All right, we'll take an ID break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Water Podcast with Pastor Alex and Pastor Gary. Are you ready to feel rejuvenated? I know I am. This is Francine coming to you with Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex. Get you ready. We're going to talk about Jesus. It's going to be a good time. All right. Let's go. I, I like that because it kind of went between 
an Indian accent and a Jamaican accent. He's yeah, right. kind of bounced him back and forth between those two. <laughs> Couldn't make up his mind. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's funny because that's the running joke. Is I don't know if you ever heard these guys that are from India that get on the phone and they're trying to sell you insurance and stuff. Like they have the most random names, you uh-huh. know. And you're uh-huh. like, really? That's your name? <laughs> like Dave or Kevin and mm-hmm. Francine and yeah. Uh, we have a few more Twitters that uh, have uh, come in while we've been uh, gabbing our gums here. Um, challenge accepted. Trying not to laugh out loud while listening to more podcasts in public. Spoiler alert, uh, I failed miserably. Public mm. laughter is contagious. Uh, yeah, I was uh, Ben Ben Butnick. I was talking to him, and he says he walks around with his headphones on, and he's listening to the podcast, and sometimes people are looking at him like, what are you listening to? I know yeah. you're a pastor's son. Um did, did you ever go to church where you had those uh, wooden pews? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Harbor Light got a set given to us way back. Oh, way really? Back. And it had three legs, one in the middle and one on each end of the pew. And yeah. we'll say the pew is maybe like 10 foot long, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they weren't balanced. But they weren't uh, attached to the floor. Yeah. Because we are always portable. Right, right, yeah. And so they would rock, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then when you're in church and you're sitting by some friends and you're supposed to be trying to be really quiet because you're in church, you know, yeah. and somebody makes a little joke and you, and you laugh and you know how you shake a little bit yeah. and it would shake the other people <laughs> at the end of the, the row. <laughs> you could never laugh and get away with it at Harbor Light <laughs> when we it. had pews because uh, you would shake the whole That's the hilarious. whole row. <laughs> yeah, those those pews, uh, I don't know. My, and of course, it makes you laugh yeah. la- harder when you're trying not to laugh. Yeah, and then right? you get the look from your dad. Yeah. Like oh yeah going from on. the pulpit yeah right and yeah. you're like oh man yeah. we used to have uh we had pews like that one time in one of the churches we were at not when we were pastoring but when my dad was and it was the same situation the pew was so warped uh-huh. that you could actually move the pew okay when you're sitting there oh yeah and so that was the funny thing to do is like you get other people on the other end and you just kind of slowly move them towards the other pew and then the people are like what is going on? and they push off the other pew to do Really? Oh yeah. We had one, we had one pew that had a big crack in it. Oh. And so you would all sit down, and then the weight of your back would open up the crack. Oh. And then if somebody stood up, it would pinch. And oh. Then you'd be like, Jesus! <laughs> you know, it's like hurt so bad. It would pinch you. Yeah. Right on the uh, back of the leg or whatever. Um, low back. Yeah. That's awesome. You yeah. know, people are like, I'm not sitting there. Exactly. That's when duct tape comes handy. Uh, here's one more. Uh, the worst part of my week. When I finish the latest episode of more podcasts and realize I have to wait a whole week for the next one, how will I survive? Podcast withdrawal. Well, you know, we have two seasons now pretty much on the podcast. I think we're up to like 60-some episodes. Yeah. So you never have to be without That's more right. podcasts. You just kind of keep listening to all the old ones. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, if you listen to the first one to where we are now, I mean, we've definitely have grown and changed over the time we've been on the air. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, you know, we just we keep learning and keep trying and uh yeah well you know i was uh i think i told you yesterday we were just talking about it uh we are so good at our jobs that the school wants us to teach a podcast course i heard about that for an elective yeah that is very they want to hear how we do it you are a man tell you well you know we learned together i mean remember that first one where we just (laughs) well you you tricked me on that first one yeah i did i I came in and i thought okay we're gonna you know i got notes and and how we're gonna do this and you're like all right let's just do a sound check and then you're like just start talking so i talked and then you and then you just kept giving me the sign to keep yeah. going. So I thought you're still sound checking, and then you're like, "All right, that's a wrap." <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Well, you know, I had no idea what I was doing either. Okay, <laughs> I just, I, you know, this whole time I thought you knew exactly how to do this. Oh like, no, you're like a radio personality. I just, uh, I uh, well, first I had to learn how to use this board we have in here. Yeah, it took a while, mm-hmm. and then trying to figure out how the podcast work and what we do. 
I don't know. So basically, you know, we're just kind of like a podcast radio show mm-hmm. that we do. You yeah. know, we're like, this is the fourth hour of the radio show and you just happen to walk in on us. Uh, we're going to take an idea break. We'll be right back. There's more to say. Get your feet moving. Get up from your office desk and start jiggling it. Yes, let's do this. You're on the more podcast. We'll be right back. Well, uh, you know, as we always try here on the podcast to give you information to help you better your life, you know, we, we give you spiritual information, but also just give you the things to talk about when you're just sitting around the house. Mm-hmm. And of course, winter facts that we want to give you to impress your friends and family while you are stuck indoors. I mean, how many of us are sitting around twiddling our thumbs, reading books or watching something on TV? And, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just start a conversation and say, hey, check out this this uh, this thing I just learned. Mm-hmm. So I got some impressive uh, facts that I want to give you about the winter season that I didn't even know about. I started reading these and I thought, man, this is this is crazy. Uh, so, Pastor Gary, let's see if you can test your knowledge here. Okay. Uh, maybe you've heard these before. Uh, did you know that winter cold kills more people than the summer? I did not know that. Yeah, apparently it's true. Twice as many Americans die each year from winter than they do heat. Wow, I know that uh, in this last snowstorm, they lost fifty-five people, I believe. Really? Yeah. In our in our state or not across in our the state, na- but across the nation. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, winter is not something to play around with. That's right. Uh, I I've always thought, you know, if I was homeless, I would probably not be living in Michigan. I'd have to go somewhere where I can actually like sleep on the street without you know dying of uh, getting some sort of uh, you know was it hypothermia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hypothermia. Although I do have a a friend of mine. Uh, who loves to take ice baths? Okay. Have you have you heard people doing that? Uh, I yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he <laughs> he got himself a like a cow trough. Yeah. Put it out in the back of his his house, mm-hmm. and uh, at least once or twice a week he'll go out and sit in it for about three minutes. He has to break the ice to get into it. Wow. And then he sits in it. Yeah. It's supposed I'm, to be good for you. I I don't know. I w- <laughs> takes down inflammation. I don't know if I can do it. Okay. I don't know if I could do it. Uh, the few times I've walked outside in my pajamas without a coat on, I've, I've said that's enough for me. Uh, here's another one. While it seems counterintuitive, Earth is actually closest to the sun in December in the winter months, even though winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. Yep, just had a conversation about that with someone recently. Did you? Yes. Now tell me about that conversation. How did that go? You're just sitting there and you're like, hey, did you know? <laughs> Well, we were, it was uh, a young person and we were kind of talking about climate Yeah, and, um, I was like, did you ever notice that, uh, our winter time, you know, it's cold, Yeah, but of course, um, the tilt of the earth comes into play, right? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. cause we're, we're tilted away from the sun and, uh, even though we're closest to the sun on our orbit, yeah. we're in the Southern hemisphere, you know, they're tilted towards the sun when you know, and so it's yeah. the tilt of the earth yeah. that makes all the difference. So that's why, you know, the Southern hemisphere has more desert and desolation than we do yeah. in the Northern hemisphere. So that was kind of a fun conversation. That sounds like it would be a good one. Yeah. I, it's uh, the opposite of what you would think. Right? Yeah. Cause I'm thinking if we're cold, that means we're farther away from the sun. No, we're actually closer. Yeah. And we're actually closer. I, I didn't <laughs> even know that. There you go. There's something to talk about uh, with your teen and see if they know anything about it. Uh, here's an interesting one that I just learned. I, I think I'm saying this right. Uh, Chio on chinophobia, chinophobia. Okay. 
Um, maybe I'm saying that right. You could probably help me out, uh, podcast listeners. Chinophobia uh, is the persistent fear of snow, especially becoming trapped by snow. The term is derived from the Greek words chino and phobos, meaning snow and fear. Okay. So chino and phobos. I looked up a couple of facts. Do you want me to throw yeah, one in there? Yeah, let me hear it. Yeah. Okay, so most snow in one winter yeah. in Michigan. In Michigan. In Michigan was in uh, the Keweenaw Peninsula, 1978-79. The 78 year, yeah. yeah that's, that's the, the golden year, right? yeah. 390 inches, which equals 32 feet of snow. That's nuts. 32 feet. So they had More buildings. than a three-story yeah. building. They had buildings that were probably covered yeah. in snow. 10 feet over a second-story building. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So well, you're, yeah, so you're looking out your window and you yep. <laughs> see snow. There you go. You got another one there? I do. Yeah, let me Record hear. low temperature, minus 51 degrees in Vanderbilt, Michigan. Vanderbama, right down that's, the road yeah. from here. Negative uh, 51, that's like nine, Minnesota. Yeah, that's uh, 1934 that took place. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, wow, there you go. There's some other one. good facts. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not. Every winter, at least one septillion, that's one followed by 24 zeros, uh, snow crystals fall from the sky. Wow. Yeah, that's, I didn't even know that word existed, septillion. Mm. That's, a, that's a new one. Uh, oh, I, I uh, trivia. Last night I learned uh, Vicentennial. Oh, okay. Do you, know, do you know what that number, you know, because like uh, Centennial. One. Yeah. Five. Vicentennial is 20 years, every 20 years. So Vicentennial. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. We. <laughs> We we're trying to figure that one out last okay. night. We we obviously got the question wrong, but mm. bicentennial. All right, and the last one I have is that the average snowflake falls at about three miles an hour. Oh wow, that's pretty fast. You think about it. Yeah, it's just falling. You know, mm-hmm. just like floating around three miles an hour. Yeah, that's impressive. So you're getting hit. <laughs> you're getting hit with a three mile an hour snowflake when it hits you. I got one more. Here we go. I throw one more at yeah. you. Okay, this is from 1985. So within our lifetime here. Okay, right? we get 1985. It. The most uh, snow in one snow storm yeah okay um on february 15th 1985 in kalkaska they, they got 68 inches in one snowfall and one snowfall in 68, one, inches. 68 inches in one snowfall oh my gosh can you imagine trying to keep up with that yeah i mean we were having a hard time with the snow we had this last week right i mean the plows are like the road commission in uh, lansing was basically like uh, working all the time he said yeah, just yeah. on the road our, our own team here at harbor light uh oh yeah 18 hours straight uh one of our guys was in the uh kubota blower just for 18 hours straight <laughs> just keeps blowing the snow yeah oh that thing, you know i i drool a little bit when i see that kubota yeah it that's yeah. how we get people to join our team we just i'm like man. put you in a cab with a uh, heat and a radio yeah and just drive around in your uh, t-shirt i would oh, do it was great <laughs> No. I would do it. I would do it just for the fun of it. They won't let me in there, but I, you know, I've I've thought about it a few times. I have access to one, and I get to use it every week, and it's fun. Do you really? Oh yeah. So like, you get in there, and you're like yeah. turning on the music, and uh, the it, it the music you have to turn it up so loud to get over the the sound of the detractor. Oh, yeah. That sometimes I just put headphones on, but just to- <laughs> yeah. But I do I do use it as study time. So I'll do about two and a half hours in my snow blowing routine. Yeah. Because I do about I don't know six eight different uh, driveways, and so I can listen to a, a couple of teachings and those kind of things. So I I use it as t- study time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, really. Yeah. I uh, my wife and I last summer had a chance to go over the Kubota. I just wanted to see what they had, you know. So I'm going to one of the tractors they had. And I don't even know what it was. I can't even tell you what it was. But I get in there, and apparently it's one that you would use for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going and looking in the cab. And uh, in there, 
It has uh, like drink holders. Yep. Yep. Uh, it had like you can get uh, a satellite radio on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had like a little built-in like thermos thing. Oh, nice! That you can put like food in it. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, what? Was this a pretty good size one? This is a big one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that goes uh, if it's over at the Ginnups, right? Yeah. That's a Kubota dealer. So you have uh, BX, B, um, L. And then M is the next size up. So yeah. It's the biggest size. So it's probably what it M. was. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, man, you could literally like live in this thing. Oh, yeah. For like a whole day. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I've got some friends of mine in Iowa and they, they, uh, they're farmers and they're using um, GPS tracking systems. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so they can get in their tractor and uh, they can actually leave the tractor and the tractor will still continue to do yeah. what they've set it to do. Yeah. And come back to it, uh-huh. and it will do all of its stuff with the corn and stuff. I was like, um, yeah. As a matter of fact, I have a cousin who farms five thousand acres. Yeah, and he has, I think, four of these tractors cost over a million dollars each. Oh my gosh, a million dollars yeah, each. That's ridiculous. That's just for the tractor, not yeah. for the head or not for the the equipment that yeah. they're using. Yeah, and um, same thing. They can get in and just kind of sit back, and the GPS will plant the entire field or plow. That's it or just whatever. crazy. Yeah, I you know I always thought that was sci fi, and I'm like. <laughs> It's real. Yeah. It's a real deal, man. Yeah. I tell you. I, I, my my goal, you know, hashtag goal for some time is to get one of those lawnmowers that, like a Roomba. Oh, okay. That just ride, drives around your house or uh-huh. around your yard. Yeah. And then plugs itself in and goes start mowing again. But I really don't have grass where I live. It's all moss <laughs> and sand and stuff. So right. I don't know. It's never going to happen. Uh, let's take an ID break and we'll be right back. Where curiosity meets insight. Tune in, delve deeper, and discover more. Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. Well, Rapture Ready News, we have an interesting story that uh, just popped up on the, the news. It's 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 crazy that this story is popping back up again. But uh, if you remember the Christian baker who uh, refused to uh, bake a cake for a lesbian couple, mm-hmm. uh, well, they're back in the news, and apparently she's still having problems. Uh, the years-long legal battle surrounding California uh, baker over her religious objection to making a wedding cake that celebrated same-sex marriage continues as she faces an appeal challenge from the state officials. Uh, Kathy Miller of Kathy's Creations, a Bakersfield-based bakery that does business as Tastries, has been battling litigation after she refused to make a wedding cake for a lesbian couple in 2017. In a brief uh, filed last uh, week in the case of California Civil Rights Department versus Tastries, Miller asked the Court of Appeals uh, of the State of California, the Fifth Appellate Court, to affirm a lower court decision in her favor. Well, according to the brief, Miller's refusal to make the same-sex wedding cake was one of the one of many orders that she has refused to fulfill due to moral ob- objections to the message being conveyed. Uh, she's 
recorded as saying uh, in the press, for example, uh, Miller will not design cakes that celebrate divorce, display violence, glorify drunkenness or drug use, contain explicit sexual content, or present uh, present gory uh, images, demonic or satanic images. Uh, Miller also will not design cakes that demean any person or group for any reason or that promote racism or any other message that conflicts with the Christian principles. Mm. Uh, so the brief notes that Miller believes that marriage is a sacred covenantal uh, union between one man and one woman, and that after refusing to make the cake, she referred the same-sex couple to another business that will, was willing to fulfill the order. Well, the backlash to Miller's decision involved many uh, threatening messages sent through social media and over the phone, many of which included uh, threats of sexual violence as well as other violent acts. Uh, she stated in her, uh, brief as the prosecution continued. So did the attacks on the eve of the preliminary injunction injunction hearing Miller's car, which had a tasteries logo was broken into and her laptop stolen. Um, that night, one of Miller's employees was assaulted behind the bakery by a man who referred to the department's prosecution during the attack. Although reported to the police, none of these crimes were ever prosecuted. Uh, Miller disclosed these incidents to the department of as early as 2018, but at no point has the department responded to these instances of threatened uh, and actual violence. And they continue to happen because of her stance. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, if this happened to anybody else mm -hmm. on the other side, mm -hmm. we would have the entire federal government. Yep. We have two, two forms of justice. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, this is one instance, but I'm sure there are, hundreds of businesses out there that have maybe felt the pressure, you know, especially living in certain areas uh, of this kind of stuff. And it, it just really goes to show you that, you know, uh, we, we've said here many times at church, you know, you're going to have to make the stand. I think you even said it last Sunday. You're going to mm -hmm. have to, you're going to have to make a stand. You just can't uh, step back and say, well, just let them run over us and do whatever they want. We, we have to, you know, live by our morals and convictions. And sometimes it might cost us, you know, mm -hmm. and apparently, you know, she still has a, a business she's still doing business but yeah apparently she's doing it against the against the uh the court's you know decision upon her i mean they actually i was reading another article they actually wanted to shut her doors and if she was not going to do the work that you know people are asking her to do i, I just never thought that would happen you know never thought that happened in our country mm -hmm. i always thought that if you owned your own business you, you do what you want to do yeah it's a free free country unless somebody doesn't want it to be right yeah. yeah well i mean even you know i was we were at a, a ice cream shop in indian river and they they have a sign on their door that says we have the right to refuse mm -hmm. you know service mm -hmm. well why can you do that and this woman apparently can't do that you know right. she's uh going to court uh it's apparently been a cost of battle for her because she's uh had to uh, come up with the money to pay for lawyers. And so, uh, you know, she's really hurting. She actually had a GoFundMe, I think it was in 2017, trying to get people to help her with the legal battles because she really feels like this is not just something about her. Mm -hmm. You know, if they win this case, mm -hmm. then it's going to be a precedent set right. against other people. And sure. so she wanted to see what they could do to help out. But um, yeah, I mean, she's in a, she's in a bad, bad state anyways. Um, California really does not honor rights. <laughs> at all i mean mm. people are moving to texas like crazy because it's so bad between taxes and everything mm -hmm. uh i was speaking about uh california as a little side note did you see the flooding going on in san diego i did not yeah we got a really interesting uh text from my son who's on, on a base there in san diego mm -hmm. he's like mom dad don't watch the news he goes 
I'm fine, but just don't watch it because it'll make you nervous. <laughs> and really? so, of course, we're going to check out what's going on. And so <laughs> we, we get on there, and I, they just have flash flooding, and it's just it's crazy. Mm. The streets are just full of water. Cars are being rushed out to the sea. I mean, it's just ridiculous what's going on there. I don't know what, what happened. I mean, I, I haven't really seen much more than... It seems like the, California was in a drought forever. Yeah, and now they got more water than they know what to do with. Wow. But I thought they had all those little... Uh, little like uh ditches and stuff they built for that situation like the water comes in they can yeah that's true i know that up in la that's definitely the color yeah yeah but I, i've never thought that would be a problem but apparently it is yeah california yeah boy i don't know it's uh it's a fun to visit for a couple of days but i don't know if i could ever live there mm. and apparently i think this lady she needs to move to texas <laughs> california <laughs> and start a business there but she wants to stay and fight and uh, we just need to pray for her. I mean, this is a good Christian woman. She's shared her testimony in her faith. Mm -hmm. uh, she's definitely a child of God. And we just really need to pray for people like this. And, you know, when we have uh, we have so many businesses in our church, um, this is something that we need to pray for our own businesses. We did it during 21 Days of Prayer. Um, but we need to pray for them as they're um, going to be under attack. I mean, our state is moving in the same direction as California <laughs> in a lot of ways um, under this current administration. Our governor has some really weird ideas about how things should be happening mm -hmm. and uh the christian perspective is not one of them and uh so we need to be praying for them um do you have any ideas do you have any other thoughts about how maybe we could pray for people in our our church i know you that's on your heart and mind a lot um yeah i think that um you know this standing strong theme that we have uh feel like the lord's leading us to um i think that it's important for us to uh as we've been saying right uh you get the strength to stand in the moment uh, long before yeah. kneeling down, right? So, uh, you know, let's just pray that the 21 days of prayer and fasting wasn't just a little thing that we do, but it becomes a part of um, our everyday um, life. And so I know that you you guys and, uh, you know, many of the other staff, you know, we were up every morning and, um, you know, getting up at 445, yeah. um, it, it kind of grows on you. Yeah, you get used to it after a while. I know that, you know, that we've been a week now since since we've kind of finished the 21 days of prayer and fasting and i'm still waking up super early and <laughs> the first thing i do is get up and pray right? yeah and so yeah you can do that at home and uh i would say you know use the guide and just keep going through the guide keep praying yeah and uh whatever the lord leads you so that and then marriages are something that i know you're doing the uh, marriage tune-up on wednesday night lives yeah. Yeah. and uh Came up with a great idea yesterday to. Yeah, I know that was great. That was a great things. idea so, from you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's going to be a, a great thing. Uh, all of us, you know, I've been married for thirty-seven. You've been married for oh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine years, yeah. and um, we all need to tune up from every every once in a while. Yeah. You know, and let's let's make our most important uh, relationships a priority. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so definitely keep praying for these people. Uh, you know, I, my heart goes out to some of these, these businesses that are in that area. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we get people coming up from downstate, you know, during the summer season, and that's probably one of their busiest times of the year. And they come up with all of their, um, interesting ideologies and worldviews. Yeah. And, uh, you try your best to be a, a good, uh, business owner, but you know, at some point uh, there's going to come a time where you got to make a choice and, and it's unfortunate, but uh, that's the world we live in. So we definitely keep praying for them, put them on your prayer, prayer list. And as Pastor Gary said, you know, continue to pray it, you know, get that uh, booklet that we got from 21 days of prayer. Mm -hmm. and there's a whole list of people on there 
uh, businesses that are in our church. Uh, but you'd be surprised. There are a lot of business owners in our church. Um, and uh, God's really blessed this church through them. But uh, we need to keep praying that God uh, continues to protect them and, and bless them as well. We're going to take an ID break and be right back. Where curiosity meets insight. Tune in, delve deeper, and discover more. Well, we have our uh, big question of the week, but actually, you know what? What? We have to uh, pick... Uh, a name this week. Okay, great for the for the shirt. Okay, and uh, so we need to uh, come up with that today. Yeah, and uh, pick uh, a name out of the hat uh, for our podcast T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, we just good. got printed. Yeah, okay. I uh, started my own little sweatshop down in the basement of the church, and uh, yeah, I'm the only employee, right? And <laughs> so I learned how to press my own shirts now. Nice. Yeah, do, do, Pastor Matt. Yeah, we used to have our own press. Yeah, so we've got, got one, out. and so yeah, I just can you do one for me. Yeah. Could, 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 can you put mine on the back? Yeah. The big logo on the back? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Put a logo on the back and you're yeah. good to go. And then yeah. I'll come up with something for the front here. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool is I found this whole system now. Okay. So like, you know, your little quotes, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Yeah. We can now print them. Really? Yeah, whenever we want. Nice. So we, you know, like we come up with a little phrase or saying, mm-hmm. we put it on there. That's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So yeah, just... Uh, just a little sweatshop, Norton sweatshop down there. Just me. Yeah. You know, uh, pays okay. Mm-hmm. You know, once benefits in a while. Benefits are get, great. Get, <laughs> benefits are great. Get a little glass of water every now and then. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. So we need to draw for that. Okay. All right. So we got the big magic hat here uh, provided to us by Wilson Insurance. Yep. Uh, this is the hat, beautiful camo hat. Camel hat. We use it every time. And so we're going to pick the name of the winner for this month. Okay, so reaching in and getting the uh, the names here. Take and your time. Take it. your time. I got it right here. Okay, I'm well, super we excited to be able to read this one. All right, here we go. This person actually has been a faithful listener for a long, long time. So I'm yeah. super excited that they've uh, they've won. This is good. Yeah, this is great. Are we ready? Give me the drum roll, there. Yeah, Mister Joe Taft. Oh my gosh, Joe! You won again. Well, he, I think he won maybe the first. Yeah, way back. Way, it's way been, back, yeah. It's been a, a year, more than a year, I think. And yeah. Joe, Joe is a super faithful he listener. He is a super faithful listener. And um, he's kind of like a, a, a super more guy. Yeah. He's just a super more. He knows all of our episodes. Yep, Like you, you say, hey, remember this quote from blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, that's episode blah, blah, blah. He knows. He knows him. He knows him. And uh, Love that guy. Yeah, he's really good. So, Joe, you have, uh, you get one of our new pressed <laughs> Yes. Shirts. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you, you use it yourself. Give it to your wife. I mean, whoever, give it to Peanut. I mean, whoever yeah. you want. Yeah. Whoever. Whoever you want. It's uh, You know, he teaches PE here, so he could probably use it for PE class. He always needs a good T-shirt. Yeah. Always needs another good T-shirt. And so we'll give you another one. Uh, yeah. Joe Tath. Joe Tath. Yeah. He got one of our, our really first runs trying to figure out uh-huh. way, way back. Okay. So he needs, he needs a fresh one. I'm pretty sure that one's probably not good anymore yeah yeah he probably wears it all the time his wife says he wears it around the house mm. and i'm like okay well yeah hey i gotta tell you yeah um everybody kind of listening in here uh yesterday got a special gift yeah 
at our Harbor Light uh, Community Chapel staff meeting. Oh, here we go. What and, is it? Uh, so we do those on Tuesday mornings. Yeah. And um, I was given a gift by Pastor Alex and Pastor Amy. Oh, here we go. And it is the Mountain Dew Snuggie. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, I went home. I was so excited. Yeah. And I opened it up, brand spanking new, yeah. Mountain Dew Snuggie. And um, I laid it on my bed and I slept with it last night. <laughs> it was just great. So I got to tell you, you know, you get those gifts every once in a while. And yeah. They just make your heart happy. Yeah. And I was a ha- happy guy. You're just sitting there in a Mountain and, Dew. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got my Mountain Dew Snuggie on. And did you have a Mountain Dew with it? I did not. Uh-huh. I haven't drank a pop in over, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, and I definitely haven't had, haven't had a Mountain Dew in a long time. Lisa Kay, though, I know she's... She's I'm a, not going to do any confessions on the <laughs> on the podcast, but um, she's a closet. I zipper. did, you know, I did make that joke. Uh, yeah, when I gave the report about um, you know getting out of the hospital and stuff, you know, my diet of Mountain Dew and uh, Snickers. Oh and I was yeah, just joking. And I right. had four people kind of give me the rebuke. On, yeah, you on don't that. do that. So, yeah, yeah. I was just I was just teasing folks. Yeah, but you know, Snickers are the official food for golf and for deer hunting. Yeah, you're yeah, right. So. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, thank you so much for that gift. Yeah, that was, it was just a lot made of fun. my heart so happy. As soon as we saw it, we're like, uh, we got to do it. We just yeah, got to do it yeah. now. So I used it last night. It was great. I, you know, I probably I, should take it to the next Lions game. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I've mentioned on Facebook that this Sunday we're going to be in the youth chapel. Yeah. It's open to anybody to watch the game. Okay. 630. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it just, just bring a snack to share and we're just going to watch the game and see what happens. That's awesome. I might be the only one there, but. You know, I'll be screaming loud. Yeah. And I have four TVs to watch it on. Nice. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. So we got the big question uh, today. Do we have one? We do. All right. All right. So do you want me to kind of take it away from here? Go ahead. Okay. So we are in a series right now called The Real Lord's Prayer. And we're focusing on John chapter 17. And we've asked some couple questions from that chapter. And uh, so now we're going to be uh, concluding this weekend. We're going to cover verses 20 through 26, kind of the end yeah. of that prayer. And in that section, so I've given you the place to look. Um, what is the... Uh, what is what is the group of people that Jesus is praying for? He's praying for a special group of people yeah. in that section, and verses that's, twenty, that, yeah, from twenty to twenty-six. Yeah. And what is it that he wants for us? So mm. who is? It's a two-part answer yeah. there. So who is it that he's praying for specifically, and what is it that he is asking the Father to give us? Oh, it's going to be a good one. So there's a two-part. Yeah. Well, you already know where to look, right? I mean, yeah, I've given you. I've yeah. just narrowed it right down. We've been for sticking you. in with uh, chapter 17. So, but you know, we do we do these trivia questions on purpose to get you <laughs> to get more into what we're doing. Yeah, right. Know? On Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So you you get ready. Uh, yeah. So if you have the answer to that question, uh, you can send it to Harborlight Bible Trivia Gmail dot com. Harborlight Bible Trivia Gmail dot com. All lowercase. And uh, again, congratulations to Joe Tath for Joe Tath winning the uh, the big question or the big draw. Do you know that I got draw. to do Joe Tath's marriage? Did you really? I did. That's awesome. I did. He and his bride are just so wonderful. And we got all the pre-marriage counseling. We just hung out with them for six weeks and it was great. It was just a wonderful, joyful event to be able to uh, perform their marriage ceremony. His his wife is hysterical. She is wonderful. Yeah. Molly, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Sorry, a little Alzheimer's there for a second. Uh (laughs) For now and then I'm like, what's my name? Tell me. Have you ever done that before? Oh, gosh. It's happening more and more as I get older. Oh, man. I've, I've failed probably the past three Sundays at Harbor Light, I'll have someone come up in prayer. Yeah. And I know them. Right. And I'll be like, what's your first name again? Yeah. And, and one of the guys got offended. And I did, I just like, listen, man, I got a lot of names to keep track of. And I'm really sorry. I know. So, it's, it's and, so and it happens, right? I t- somebody, I told that to somebody one time, because they were like, you know, how do you keep track of everybody's name? And I'm like, well, 
I try. That's mm-hmm. when I use a lot of like brothers and sisters and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I'm like, everybody gets off easy because they just say pastor. Right. I mean, you only got to remember. Right. And then, the title. yeah, the title is for, all, there's a lot of us that are pastors. So it's a lot easier. You don't have to remember anybody's name. Right. I said, you know, trying to remember everybody's just name. Just start calling them congregant. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Welcome member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're going to take an ID break. We're right back. Where curiosity meets insight. Tune in, delve deeper, and discover more. Well, last week, uh, Pastor Gary continued his sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, uh, taken from John chapter 17. Jesus gives us an intimate look into his heart. Well, especially this week, he gives us crucial insight as to how we, how he expects to carry out uh, their purpose, the disciples, and their destiny as his followers after the cross and his resurrection. It was a very insightful idea and concept for the disciples to uh, be privy to and hear what Jesus wanted to have happen. And so Pastor Gary's been doing this now. I think this is going to be your, what, your third, fourth week. Boy, that's really Went by fast, hasn't it? Yeah. Fourth week, and uh, he was just specifically dealing with the prayer for the disciples. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's really, I I love this whole chapter uh, because it's one of the real most intimate, I think, passage of scripture Mm -hmm. that we can uh, read. And I just, I love hearing how Jesus really thinks about all this. You know, it's a lot of times, um, you know, when you you, you think people uh, have a certain idea or certain Uh, thought about you or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's awesome when you hear them say it or in a moment when they're kind of vulnerable like jesus was at this point very vulnerable and he shares something from his heart uh it just galvanizes i think this uh, this relationship that the disciples may have assumed was there Mm -hmm. but then they hear him say it i think it was really neat um pastor gary uh let's let's get right into the bible talk for this week and i'm gonna throw it over to you okay well thank you so much pastor alex and i have been enjoying this particular time i actually uh, began uh this last week's uh talk with um have you ever been in the zone have you ever been in that place where everything was just clicking and you didn't want to get out of it and that's what my studies have been like over the past few weeks just kind of in the zone enjoying my time in god's word and uh learning more and more and and um, having to kind of press in and hear Holy Spirit when he is uh, trying to impress something on my heart. And so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, we talked uh, this last weekend about um, the specific things that the Lord was praying for the disciples. And of course, you know, he was praying out loud while they're walking in the dark towards the garden. And um, they're getting uh, a chance to listen to his heart. This is known as the high priest prayer. Jesus is our perfect high priest. And um, so he prays for our protection. And it was really fun to to dig in a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. um, and look at, um, he says, I have protected them and I have guarded them. It was fun to look at the difference between those two. And I went right to the um, Blue Letter Bible to the uh, original Greek, just to look at that word uh, for protect, because the King James Version says, I have kept them, I have kept them, but it's two different words in that particular thing. So the protecting and guarding. Protecting, keeping us from attacks of the enemy, and we all uh, experience different attacks of the enemy, Uh, some outright attacks that you can just... You can. It's got the the scent of demonic attack mm-hmm. right all over it, yeah. and um, and temptations, uh, and then all kinds of things that just come along with being a part of that. And then I talked about guarding, and that is kind of the focus on keeping us from wandering off. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and you know the Lord has a heart for us that is so 
um, so incredible that he doesn't want to see us wander away and he doesn't want to see us get driven away by the enemy. And so yeah. it was really fun to show um, his heart for his people in that particular way. And then we talked about um, who is it that causes the most problem that is um, the enemy, Satan, of course, yeah. Yeah. and how he um, actually um, came and uh, took over <laughs> Judas, yeah, right. It says, and 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 Judas, uh, his heart was filled with Satan, yeah, and um, and so we talked about the man of perdition, uh, that would also be a King James rendition of it, but the man of destruction, and uh, so Jesus actually, this is kind of interesting. You and I yeah. can talk about this. Um, so um, Jesus says, and this fulfills the the scripture that I didn't lose a single one, right? Yeah, okay. What's crazy is no one can put their finger on the scripture that he's that he's saying is being fulfilled. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, looked everywhere, couldn't find it. He does make mention in John chapter six that he won't lose one. So he may be quoting his own, but that, oh, of course, but of course that isn't actual scripture at the time. So again, it might be Jesus with his uh, divine um, knowledge of being able to know what is going to end up in scripture. Yeah, right. But there is no Old Testament. There is one possible one in the book of Psalms, but there's no direct scripture right, yeah. that was being fulfilled by him saying that he wouldn't lose one. So that's something maybe you can do your own homework on and help me with, but <laughs> well, use the word. He can make it up. You know, he can I, do it. I, I yeah. spent an hour looking for it. I couldn't find <laughs> it anywhere. Nobody seems to know, but um, the son of perdition, it wasn't interesting that that word is only used two times in the new Testament. Oh yeah. You mentioned that. that was good. And it's uh, Judas and of course the antichrist. Yeah. And both of them have the same thing happen where Satan will come to dwell in them and take over. And, um, and so Jesus says, listen, you know, First of all, it would have been better he had never been born. Right. Uh, number two, uh, he was filled with the devil. Number yeah. three, he was never one of us anyways. Yeah. Right? And uh, so just kind of crazy. Every time the word Judas is used uh, in the scriptures, yeah. it'll, it'll always make reference. He's the one that betrayed Jesus. He's the one that turned, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's, it's, oh gosh, every single time. He wasn't the guy that was but, just, uh, uh, he wasn't the uh, the bankroll for the for the group, he was the bad guy. Yeah. You know, the whole thing, and, yeah. and then the other crazy thing is um, when Jesus says out loud to the whole group, yep, one of you guys is the devil. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, he knew it from the beginning that Judas was close in proximity. He was near the group. He was a part of the group, but he right. wasn't really connected. He wasn't one of really Jesus' uh, believing followers. It's interesting to, to think about, you know, Judas being in the group. Um you know, I wondered, I mean, just kind of a side note to what you're talking about. I mean, why do you think Jesus let him hang out with the inner circle? It, it to, to fulfill scripture. I mean, um, that was the only reason I, I believe that, yeah. you know, Jesus knew this is the way it had to take place, yeah. that he would be betrayed and he would um, have one of the inner group betray him. So it, I think he just had that, that wisdom, that divine wisdom to know that Judas needed to be close to the group, but um, he was going to be used by the enemy. That's just crazy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It makes you kind of think sometimes in your your own Christian journey that uh, yeah. that possibility sometimes is there. How do you deal with it? Right. How do you deal with people that are in your camp? Yeah, or around your camp, but around not your really, camp. Yeah. not really with you. And yeah. you being a pastor uh, for twenty two years, uh, uh, I'm sure you've had. I'm sure you've got a couple of knife wounds in your back, right? People oh, yeah, stab yeah. you in the back from yeah. from whatever reason, difficult decisions you have to make, and that's a really tough. It that's is. a tough thing. I was um, ministering with a one of my coworkers this week, and we just shared how um, you know you have to make hard decisions. Yeah. And you know Jesus' heart was heavy because he knew some of the stuff his guys were going to deal with, or were dealing with, or the people that he was ministering to were kind of clueless to who 
the Heavenly Father was, and yeah. it was his heart was heavy. And sometimes being a leader, you get exposed to that heaviness that comes along with that that responsibility of being a leader. Yeah. And um, so I'm sure you've experienced that. And to, to know that there are people that they can tell you to your face that they love you, but you don't, you're not always going to see that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think the interesting thing I've always noticed with that is that uh, he doesn't say much to the disciples about him. Mm-hmm. There's not very much, you know, insight, you know, the disciples are just hanging out with Judas, like, okay, he's part of the group. Uh, I was just uh, thinking about that for myself. You know, a lot of times when, you know, on your journey, those people that are in your life like that, um, you know, God doesn't always just take them out. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it, it galvanizes your faith, Mm -hmm. increases your maturity. Right. Um, but it's also a test for you. How are you going to deal with it? Yeah. I mean, are you, are you going to take, you know, the, the road where, you know, I'm just going to, you surround myself with only people that, you know, or I'm in my camp, or are you willing to uh, have those moments be a part of your, your test of faith, you know? Yeah. I think, um, I think that there are, I, I like that passage from first uh, Corinthians chapter 11. We read the communion, mm-hmm. you know, on the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus right. broke bread. Right. I mean, look, that was, that was a low point. That was yeah. a point that, you know, I think Jesus heart was heavy knowing that Judas, and he says right to him, you know, he dipped the bread yeah, and, you know, shared the communion together. And then, you know, Satan entered his heart and Jesus said, go do what you're going to do. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. And you know, I'm sure his heart was heavy that, that particular night. Yeah. Uh, you know, Judas, as I mentioned on Sunday, he, you know, he was the most likely to succeed. If they were going to take a little poll amongst the, all the disciples yeah. and the followers of Jesus, you know, he'd be the one that'd be like, yeah, he's going to probably do great things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well-connected, well-educated, probably came from money, all that kind of things. Um, most likely to succeed was actually the most, yeah. You know, likely to portray. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, reading a, a commentary about Judas going into the, uh, the talk to the, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin mm-hmm. about trying to betray Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I mentioned was the fact that, uh, he, even though, he, uh, for him to even get an audience with them meant that he was connected in some way, yeah. uh, to people that are high in power. He, he knew, you yeah. know, who to connect with. Right? right. He wouldn't have been able to just walk in there just like any Joe Schmo off the street. Right. Uh, they recognized who he was. They knew, you know, and allowed him to be in there. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you, that just confirms what you just said that he had uh, connections. I mean, he seemed like he would have been the one that would have succeeded because he was probably the most connected out of all of them. Yeah. And uh, little did we know that, you know, it was going to move in that direction. And it was all premeditated, right? Yeah. Obviously it wasn't a spur of the moment. Like somebody just flashed 30 pieces of silver and said, Hey, give us, Give up the guy. Right? right, yeah. No, he went to them. Probably some conversations along the line, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty interesting uh, that they would do that. Uh, I want to talk about that that first thing you, you mentioned, which was uh, Jesus' two, two mandates um, that he mentions that he uh, was he guarded them and he protected them. Right. Uh, what are the differences that you, you noted them on Sunday? But um, I just want to explain it for people that may not have been here. What, what was the difference between the, the guarding and protecting aspect of that? Yeah, um, that that one idea that um, it's found in um, Isaiah chapter fifty three, um, in verse six, right? We we are all like sheep; we tend to yeah. to stray away, and I think that's the one that's connected to the guarding. And um, think about your own walk with Jesus. All of us, um, there are moments where we get distracted or we get our eyes focused um, off of um, the the Lord and onto our problems. Um, we can get we can get uh, wandering. Yeah, quickly and 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 we can travel pretty far, pretty fast. But of course, we know that uh, Jesus is always one decision away from getting right back into things. So, um, 
you know, what, what areas am I, I'm going to pose you this question. Mm -hmm. So what areas do you see people wander the most? What causes wandering? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, for me, when you were, when you were sharing on Sunday, uh, and the whole concept of, of sheep, I, I think that, uh, one of the things we get very com complacent mm -hmm. in, in the security, right? Mm -hmm. Like as sheep, you know, a lot of times they don't think there's anything going to affect them at all. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no wolves out there. No big deal. Right. We can just hang out together. Mm -hmm. we got grass, you know, taken care of. And that image kept coming to me that, you know, Jesus goes out of his way to protect our stupidity, mm -hmm. you know, through this whole thing. And it, it kind of lends to the idea of the cross because, you know, while we were still like living in our sin, you mm -hmm. know, Jesus died for us, right. but we were too stupid to see that we needed this salvation. And, and we still do. I mean, we still deny the fact that we need any help mm -hmm. and we just kind of live our lives yeah. and that complacency. But I, I think even in the Christian journey, you know, sometimes when we find our, our lives in really wonderful blessings and we're just we're not really affected especially you know i think of americans mm -hmm. yeah, we're not really affected you mentioned that on sunday we're not really uh persecuted as much as other places are right and it kind of puts you in this position of being complacent because mm -hmm. we don't really think anything's going to touch us yeah and and the evil one is always around trying to take us out isn't it kind of amazing um you know for all the people that are listening that might be a part of the recovery community um when a person um finds themselves relapsing or falling off the wagon or whatever you want yeah. to describe, what's the number one question they ask him? What was her name? Oh yeah. 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 Or what was his name? Yeah. Right. Generally our relationships, especially when it comes yeah. to our intimate relationships, um, those are the things that can cause us to get our eyes wandering and be where we shouldn't be. And we find ourselves in a whole world of hurt. So, yeah. um, you know, wandering can take place for all of us, as you said, uh, invincibility, that idea that, you know, nothing can touch us. Yeah. Um, that idea that uh, I'm better than this, or I would never fall for that. Um, those are all things that can cause us to wander. Yeah. And, in, in you know, uh, the whole idea of him guarding, I mean, it's great that we have a, a savior that's willing mm -hmm. to, um, see the, the problems ahead and, and be a part of the solution, mm -hmm. but it is, it is, uh, it's a reality check, right? Because, uh, I think everybody that comes to church here, you know, maybe have great times. And then when that one crisis hits, it's like, I didn't even see this coming. Mm -hmm. How is this possible? I, I'm serving God. You know, I, I heard that on uh, Wednesday night, you know, we, we have some questions that we're talking about this apologetic stuff. And one of the things we talked about is the fact, you know, why does God allow evil to happen in the world or for Christians to experience, you know, pain and suffering? Why doesn't God just deal with it? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's a great question because you, you're thinking, well, I'm serving God. Why, why should I be affected by this stuff? But mm -hmm. we live in a sinful world and the world that we live in right now is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous to us and our, our testimony and our faith. Right, right. And so I'm, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Both, like, yeah. Right from Jesus. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Great news. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we make this a little bit better? Come yeah. on. You know, yeah. uh, yeah, we're not bubble wrap Christians and, mm -hmm. and it'd be great if that was a possibility, but it's, it's not the case. Yeah. So we definitely need a guardian. The other one you mentioned is, uh, he, he was a protector, mm -hmm. um, a little bit different than being a guardian because right. the guardian, he's very, very involved and, and helping us to, to defend ourselves against those kind of things. But the protector part is yeah. a little bit different. Um, the, the one thought that comes to my mind when we talk about this is um, also a quote from Jesus, right? The, the, the shepherd who uh, is just as hireling, mm -hmm. when the wolves come, they will run. Yeah. But we have a shepherd 
the good shepherd, right, yeah. who will stand and fight against uh, the wolves or the lion or the bear or whoever uh, is trying to take away the sheep. Yeah. And um, a, a protector is willing to put their own body mm. um, yeah, that's good. between, you know, between you, you know, the problem and the sheep. Yeah. Right? You're going to put yourself in there. Um, I have a couple of friends that are um, actually amazing uh, bear hunters. Yeah. And a bear, uh, a black bear in northern Michigan, is not going to cause too many problems unless you get between it and its cub. Yeah, yeah. When you get between it and its cub, then you're in a world of hurt, right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to come uh, after you. Mama bear's yeah. coming, Yeah, right? And I think that's that idea that we have with our good shepherd. Um, when you When the enemy attacks and he gets between you and the good shepherd yeah. the good shepherd's going to take him out yeah so um i think that was that was kind of some of the stuff that i i would love to have been able to talk about just didn't have time to be able yeah, to see, yeah we got a certain period of time people you know it's funny because people think that well he's getting everything out in 20 25 minutes but the fact is when you do your study i mean you have problem material that can go on for sure. an hour or two it, it happened yeah. a couple of weekends ago where yeah. i was cut short right and i'm like all right let's skip through these next 15 slides yeah. right <laughs> right yeah yeah it it always happens it's hard it I, you is. know i think it's the heart of a preacher you know you want to give people all the information you've just been working so hard to to uncover yeah and then you get up there and it's like oh my gosh i don't have enough time right and you could do one of two things you could do like speed through it so fast that people don't get anything or or you do the other thing yeah slow down and get the main points that you want you know yeah. the, the ones that are highlighted it's tough yeah it's tough and, and it's it's based on what's going on in the service i mean you can't always you know figure out how it's going to play out you know yeah it's, there would be a, those occasional times that it happens to you as well you're like oh man i don't have a lot to say and then you get up there and you're like ah, i ran out of time yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah people are back there going winding it up you yeah, know yeah. Like, so i love it uh so that was uh those are some of the things you know uh one of the interesting things is that jesus gives in this text and you brought it up too he gives us kind of an insight into the future of, mm -hmm. of believers mm -hmm. like what what are we going to expect it's one of the few times where jesus does open our eyes or gives us some glimpse into what's going to happen he doesn't do that often right but this time he does mm -hmm. and he's talking about what the future of believers are and you mentioned it just a minute ago that we're going to be in a world where you know sins around us mm -hmm. but he mentioned some other things and then you mentioned on sunday um which were uh pretty interesting and one of the things was that um we would be uh a part of his glory mm-hmm you know, as, as Christ is going to be victorious over mm -hmm. death. Mm -hmm. But then he also mentions we're going to be a part of his suffering. Yes. And that's the part would be like, really? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, um, that was my, my little preacher mode. Yeah. And I got a little, a little bit of that preacher mode going on there because, um, you know, you and I were both raised in a time and an era in Christianity where, you know, it was the prosperity teaching. Everything yeah. was going to be yeah. fine. Just name it and claim it. You know, everyone should be a millionaire and all that kind of stuff. And then um, what I see probably the most thing that breaks my heart is when a person is dealing with something difficult and they've prayed about it, prayed about it, prayed about it. And there'll be those people that come in from that camp and they'll yeah. be like, well, let's see, we've prayed about it. I prayed for you and nothing happened. It ain't on me. It must be on you. You must be a sinner. What, what are you involved yeah. in sin? Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden this person is being knocked down as a, a, a less than Christian because um, they're, they're suffering for something. Right. And of course the, the bigger, the bigger, uh, scenario here that we're talking about is suffering for Christ Jesus. Isn't, right, yeah. It isn't just going through bad times, but actually suffering for him and because of the cause. But um, this idea that um, everything's going to be great and glorious every single day. Yeah. And if you have any trouble at all, you must be a sinner. 
that's extraordinaire in that um, you, you've messed up something so, so great. Um, the Bible actually says in Romans, listen, if you want to share in his glory, yeah. you also have to be willing to share in his suffering. Mm. And um, that's an eye opener. <laughs> and it, it seems to <laughs> yeah, take yeah. care of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of those people with yeah. their one message. And I actually uh, said it right out. Listen, if you're going to believe this idea that every day is going to be stacked one blessing on top of another, and you're never going to experience anything difficult, that's the doctrine of demons. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lie. It's not true. Yeah. Um, we have to be willing to suffer. And they have, there are people suffering every single day in the, in our world today. And uh, we as American Christians sometimes think we're exempt from that yeah. because we live here. We're not exempt from that. And we can be called to suffer for Christ Jesus as well. So um, please grow your faith right, yeah. to the place where you realize that uh, to suffer for Christ is an honor. Yeah. Right? He suffered for us and we should be willing to suffer for him. And it might get difficult and you might lose everything, as you said a yeah. moment ago, right? Um, this lady making a cake, she's not going to make a cake for something she can't agree with. And right. it might cost her her business and it might cost her a reputation. It might cost her her bank account. Um, we don't, we have to be willing to stand strong and yeah. realize that sometimes uh, difficulty might be a part of our walk with Jesus. Yeah. And so it was, it was a, a challenge to be able to do that. Of course, that leads us into um, the fact that Jesus prays for our joy mm-hmm. and the Jesus yeah. joy is what yeah. I like to call yeah, it. Yeah. I like that. That, yeah. that phrase. That was good. And the Jesus joy, um, the, we're promised that we'll have the same joy that Jesus had. Well, what brought Jesus joy? Number one, returning to the father yeah. and bringing us with him. Like right. That, so yeah. when we when we say, "Listen, I'm, my home is in heaven. My home is not here." Yeah. But I get to go to be with Jesus in heaven, mm-hmm. our heavenly Father up there. But I get to take people with me. Yeah. Then we're going to experience the same Jesus joy, which is the fullness of joy. Yeah. It's it's an unspeakable joy and full of glory. Yeah. Right. I you know that was a great phrase, the Jesus joy. Um, my wife and I were talking about that and driving home after church. I was like, that's a great way of of describing it, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just any kind of joy, but we're talking about Jesus joy and it encompasses all that. Yeah. Which is a great way of saying it. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you, when you think about all the things that Christ does offer to offer us, there is that part of it. And you know, it's, I think it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that we can find joy in all of it, find joy in the suffering, find joy in the blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, a, that is a gift of maturity. I mean, eventually you get to that point and you realize, how that is a, a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always see it. I, I think of people that have gone on these mission trips from our church and they see other Christians in other parts of the world that are, are suffering or going through things uh, because of the, the governments or the society they live in. And it's sometimes hard for us to fathom that this can even be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why are these people, you know, going through this, you know, just, you know, do something about it. And the reality is it doesn't always happen that way. And you find yourself in it. And in the midst of it, you're still, you know, growing in your faith, enjoying what God's doing for you. I mean, it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. I've, you know, when we, I've talked about a lot about Indonesia coming back from that. Sure. It's just amazing to me. Some of the things I saw over there, Mm -hmm. you know, people living in like huts that are just like, you know, plywood mm-hmm. and uh they're they're avid churchgoers love jesus evangelists all this stuff and and it's just amazing to me and I, I come back to where we are and i'm thinking man you know we complain and get upset about certain things and think god's left us mm-hmm. when we go through you know a minor crisis mm-hmm. uh but you know they've matured to that point in their faith but uh you know that's part of the whole experience and it's a wonderful thing and, and you look at these disciples little do they know that most of them were going to be martyred for the faith. Right. 
And he told them they would, but yeah, didn't, I mean, but didn't they register didn't right register. Away. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of, well, yeah, sure. Right. Whatever. And they even uh, said, you know, we can do it. We yeah. didn't drink the same cup. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you will, but I don't think, you're, I don't think you're going to be really excited about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's uh, one of those realities that eventually hits you, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, could be a part of it. I'm not saying that it's going to be for everybody, but there a lot of us will be. Yeah. And uh, you never want to, you know, pray or wish that on anybody. But the truth is that would happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we do get a taste of it. We experience it a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Cobio, you know, he just yeah. he just had a massive heart attack. Yeah. And uh, he's in recovery right now. We're still praying for him. Absolutely. But little did he know, you know, that one day he gone, would have gone that. like that. Yeah. And you have to deal with that. Here's the other big uh, idea that I really felt it was fun to be able to to explore. And Jesus says, listen, I'm leaving from this world, mm-hmm. but you're not. Yeah. Right. You guys huddle up, but don't don't cloister yourself or don't block yourself off from the world. I'm sending you into the world. Yeah. And that big phrase that I like to use, it's I'm in it, but not of it. Yeah. Right. In it, but not of it. I'm in the world, but not of the world. I'm not a part of the corruption. I'm not a part of the depression and the destruction and the death. You know, we have a culture of death everywhere around us. Right. Skulls on everything. And we celebrate death and it's all about death. But so we have to penetrate that. Yes. We have yeah. to be a part of it. We need to bring the kingdom of God to all those places and redeem all those things and, and the parts of our lives. But we're not of it. We don't think the same way. We don't talk the same way. We don't, yeah. our, our motives are not the same. Our goals are not the same, but we've got to influence where we are. And so one of the big things that we did on Sunday morning, if you weren't here at Harbor Light is, you know, raise your hand if you're mm-hmm. a missionary and about a, a third of the people raised their hand, not realizing that if you're a believer, if you're a follower yeah. of Jesus, you are a missionary. Yeah. You are in it, but not of it. You need to penetrate it and, you know, redeem it. So that was a really fun concept. Yeah. And uh, that was something that uh, Jesus, of course, says right to his disciples in this prayer. Yeah. And th- that is a big challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because we're really susceptible to the influences of things that happen around us yeah, uh, that can change our, our whole world atmosphere, our, our attitude, the way we talk. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you keep, you know, constantly in check, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, God, if, if I'm going through whatever, you know, help me to be, have Jesus joy in it, you know, yep. to be prepared to deal with it. And it's, it's, Think it's about, a challenge. You know, maybe that's a question for you. You know, can you give me examples of when people are in it and of it? Mm-hmm. You know, Christians that are in the world, but also of the world. What what type of things do you like see? Like fall fall into the influence? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that I have noticed or I've I've heard is you know when we're at our our jobs mm-hmm. and uh, when people are talking bad about the mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. and and then you start mm-hmm. getting into the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the good examples that we can have is we understand being servants mm-hmm. uh, in scripture is that we should respect those that are in authority over us. Mm-hmm. And, and we, when we start joining those conversations, yeah. we're really not showing anything other than what the world already believes because everybody has a personal agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and our agenda is only to propagate the kingdom and talk about what God's doing. And, and that's, a, that's one thing I've, I've seen a lot, and it yeah. happens a lot to Christians. It's a very easy temptation to fall into. Yeah, or to think that you know money will make you happy or fame yeah. is what you should be going for or good looks or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah those are all a part of that worldliness that he's called yeah. us to redeem. And instead, we end up sometimes falling right into the very same trap. Oh, yeah. And Some of those the same concepts. Easy. Right. Exactly. Yeah, especially the, the money thing. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we live in a, a world where the money matters, you know, mm-hmm. and that whole thing. And so even as Christians, sometimes we get caught in the trap mm-hmm. where we, we see that as the priority 
And uh, sometimes we, we do things and say things we probably shouldn't. Yeah. Trying to attain that stuff. And then, you know, after a while we're like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that or yeah. whatever. You know? Yeah. And then we spend the rest of the day denouncing all the things that. Yeah. I know. Well, we just promoted. So. <laughs> yeah, right. And people, you know, this is the thing that I've noticed. People watch you know, if they know, have an inkling at all mm-hmm. that you have a faith, mm-hmm. that you believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, they're watching you. Mm-hmm. And when you start tripping up like that, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want anybody to call you out on the carpet, it's going to be the people like that. They'll mm-hmm. be like, listen, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. And it is, it is hard to hear that when it does happen, but it is such an easy trap. Mm-hmm. It is such an easy trap talking about complaining about your, your, your boss. I mean, I hear conversations like that all the time mm-hmm. and people are like, I can't believe that mm-hmm. I, I did it, you know? Yeah. But it's such an easy thing to do. Right. And then the last one, of course, was that he prays for our mission, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, that we're, we're going to be, um, making this difference. And, um, I think it was, I think it was, uh, a really good, yeah. uh, opening, um, service. And, and, and this has been a fun study. And as we get ready, of course, this weekend to bring a close to the whole thing, yeah, we're going to be talking about, um, the importance uh, of these closing words and uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away the trivia. <laughs> You're not going to do it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I've already started, um, deeply diving in on some stuff and, uh, yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah. It, it, I think this whole prayer thing was probably, you know, if you're a disciple listening, you're like, wait a minute, what did you just say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> said that out loud, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I love the fact that, you know, Jesus is that open about it in this situation, but it would be tough, you know, to hear that because I, I think even the disciples at that point were thinking, we're going to take these Romans out, man. Yeah. And we're going all the way. I mean, if Jesus can do these miracles, he can, he can, knock oh yeah. Out anybody. And then, then you're the, you're the, the focus of his prayer. Right. And it's going to be you that's going to be dealing with yes. all the problems, yes. and concerns, not the guy that you want to take out, you that's know? That's right. And that, that always seems to be the, the, the focus of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Jesus tells them if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. It's never get your fist up, you know, do a cry chop and take them out. You know, it's the fact that you have to be the one to take it, yeah. you know, and that kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive to how we think, mm-hmm. you know, if, if somebody does me wrong, mm, you know, it's it, you know, you're going to be taken out. You're like, the, you're like that guy. What, what, how does it go? You know, uh, scissors beats paper, yeah, paper right. beats rock. Yeah. Rock, beat scissors and you beat all three at once. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you think. And it's, mm-hmm. it's be, be kind of hard, especially if you're sitting there as a disciple going, man, what, yeah. you know, okay, let's get to the part where we're going to take the Romans out. No, it never happened. You know, <laughs> in fact, Jesus tells it just to it's, hunker down. You know, yeah. and we read that Isaiah nine, six, right. You know, for unto us, a child is born. Right. And the government yeah. will rest on his shoulders and he's going to be the redeemer. Well, yeah. you know, it's a, that's a two part verse, right? There's right, the yeah. first coming and the second coming. And those are all second coming uh, promises. Yeah. Why but, can't we just rush the it? Disciples though? for all like, <laughs> yeah, we want the second part now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you've been thinking about, you know, Judas. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah, a part. What you know, that's a g- great conversation, and I'm sure you've had it many yeah. times with people. What was the motivation behind Judas betraying Jesus? Yeah. And there's lots of theories behind it because we don't have anything directly right. to tell yeah. us. But uh, what were some of the ones that you've explored? Well, I just the fact that you know Judas has been listening to all of this stuff happening, not not just a prayer, but all this stuff going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus has been talking about the kingdom and what it's going to look like. At some point, you think it would hit him and say. I'm not, I don't think I'm in this. I don't think this is where I want to be. Okay. But you know, it's, it's amazing how he didn't hear, or at least he ignored mm-hmm. 
all that stuff. I don't know. What, what do you think? The other one that I've explored is the the idea that uh, Judas was forcing Jesus' hand to then become the conqueror. Yeah. And yeah. so he's going to betray him, which will force him to stand up against, you know, these crooked religious leaders yeah. as well as the Romans. And so one theory is that Jesus, uh, Judas was trying to help Jesus right. in that. Um, and he gets again, 30 pieces of silver out of it. Yeah. <laughs> again, kind of a not not the way that the right, Lord yeah. calls us to do things. We have to rely upon the Lord and let him do it in his way, in his timing, and be servants to him yeah. and not try to force our agenda on Jesus. There, right? Yeah. Oh, there was a... How many times do, you, how many times do we get tempted to force our agenda oh, on yeah. Jesus? Yeah, we try to manipulate the situation to move in a certain direction. Yeah, a, yeah. a bunch of my friends that I'm super proud of, and what they've been working on during the 21 days of prayer and fasting is not asserting their agenda on Jesus, mm-hmm. but letting Jesus' agenda... Um, be upon them yeah and that that's a that's a mature thing that's mm-hmm. a maturity thing to get to that point because mm-hmm. i mean normally when we get into prayer we're like let me tell you how we're gonna make this happen let me tell you something you yeah. you and i as pastors and leaders uh by nature you know we've got we've got maybe the lord has shown us some kind of insight of where he wants to mm-hmm. take us or yeah. take our ministry and then we want to do it in our timing and not his timing and then yeah. you know some of us like you know i've had this retreat center given to me four or five years ago yeah in three very vivid spiritual dreams yeah Gosh, it's like, man, Jesus, I'm running out of time here. Let's yeah. get this thing going, right? And <laughs> yeah. uh, so I try, you know, I can have the tendency to start trying to push my agenda yeah. um, on Jesus on his timetable, and that's not necessarily the way we do it. Look, look all the way back to Hebrews chapter 11, right? Yeah. And these patriarchs and these wonderful people of faith saw, yeah. they saw the future. They saw what Jesus wanted to do, but they died without seeing it fulfilled. Right, yeah. Yet they remained faithful. Yeah. Right. I might not be able to see everything the Lord has shown me. Yeah. Take place. Yeah. And I've got to be comfortable with His timing, His agenda, His time scale, and not do it the other way around. Um, that can happen to us as um, young men. Uh, yeah. You know, Lord, I want to get married so bad, and I want to have this wife, and then we'll pick whoever we force our agenda <laughs> yeah, instead right. of letting yeah. the Lord bring that woman into our life. Yeah. Um, it can happen with careers. It can happen with all kinds of hopes and dreams, and we just got to learn to to do it in the Lord's timing. Yeah, I, you know, that, that thought comes to me quite a bit, uh, especially thinking about our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I was, a, I think it was like 10 years into my ministry in the Salvation Army, we had a conversation. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. I want to come back, you know, home and be a part of Harbor Lake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had the conversation. And you were pretty honest with me. You're like, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and I remember that conversation over and over again because it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, there was it needed to be a period of time. And I've said this over and over again, 25 years later, mm-hmm. You know, here I am, mm-hmm. you know, approaching 50. Mm-hmm. And and this is when God says, okay, you know, come back home. You know, you're going to be a part of this ministry now. But it was 25 years of, you know, being in a whole totally different ministry. Yeah. And, and that, that was, you know, that's a thought that was on my heart. I don't know if it was on yours, but for me, it was something that was like, you know, come on, you know, let's, let's see this. Let's have this happen at some point, you know, because mm-hmm. I've always felt that. I mean, even when I was your intern. Yeah. As a little little punk yeah know? for those people that don't know you were my uh intern as a youth pastor yeah and um you and i actually worked really well together yeah uh and you know you were super gifted on music and be able to insight into scripture and um we we came up with a whole youth ministry uh we could put it in a box and send it out all across the country remember yeah. that yeah um you know and so we've always worked well together and i know that the lord his timing is perfect right yeah. and here we are 37 years later and, and God's doing great things. Older and balder. Mm-hmm. But here, mm-hmm. <laughs> here I am, you know? Right. Yeah. 
I always think of Mo- I've mentioned that to you, Moses in the desert waiting to take the children of Israel. Time he comes to that moment, he's like gray haired and mm-hmm. you know an old man, and, and God's like, okay, here we go, we're gonna be a leader of Israel. And I can yeah. see Moses going, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? You couldn't do it when I was like younger, and I could actually be right. mobile." The timing on that, right? So he goes, he escapes Israel, uh, Egypt at forty. Yeah, he leaves the desert at eighty. Yeah. And then he goes, leads the people out. Is that correct? Is that the yeah, right timing? Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was 80 years old, folks, when he finally got the timetable of, of the Lord yeah. to, to rescue Israel from the slavery <laughs> in Egypt. 80. And you know how you get when you get to that age, right? Right. I can see why he got mad many times with the children of Israel. He's like, I just want, let me hit them. Let me do it for you, God. Let me do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that wraps up our time together. Uh, Pastor Gary, um, so we're going to be getting into the last section mm-hmm. on Yes. John chapter 17, we're going to wrap it up. Yes, we're going to wrap it up. All right. The end of the the Real Lord's Prayer series. And then we're starting a new series yeah. uh, in the month of February. I will be going to Honduras. Uh, and so um, we're going to be doing the church as. Yes. And the church as the body, the church as the family. community or the family, yeah, yeah. right? And then the church as the bride. So those yeah. will be the three sermons that will be coming up in the month That'll of February. Interesting. And our speakers will be Pastor Matt, Pastor Alex, and Chelsea Robertson. Yeah. So... <laughs> Be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. Three different personalities, three different voices. Yep. And we're going to have a good time. On one series. On one series. You can walk out of there going, okay, here we go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you guys have already been studying. I've been talking to, uh, you know, Matt and Chelsea, and they're both looking forward to their time. Yeah. It'll be a good time. And of course, you're going to have a good time in Honduras. Yeah. Hanging out with my wife and And, uh, uh, a couple of elders. Yeah. Yeah. Dan and John. We're going to be going down on a little exploratory trip with yeah. uh, orphan helpers. Yeah, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good connection. And uh, boy, I can't wait. Oh, and they, you know, we didn't mention this, but, uh, you know, we talked about the church raising money for the school that we were supporting as a church over in, in, um, in Indonesia there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we basically almost have all the money. Nice. And so they're going to be able to build for the Christian school there. They're going to have their their building set up. Yeah. And of course we got a huge blessing this week, um, you know, with a new shuttle bus on its I way. Know. Um, you know, Bear River Health is uh, blessing Harbor Light for all the ways in which we're blessing the, the yeah. clients there. And uh, so we're excited. I just see, um, I see the first service uh, exploding soon. The second yeah. service is already exploding and who knows, like three times, right? Could yeah, you do maybe three times. I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine preaching three times on a Sunday? Yeah. Uh, by the time you were done, you'd be like, I'm, I can't do this. My dad used yeah. to do it. Yeah, did and, he? Yeah. yeah, he did. We used to have three services on a Sunday morning across the street in the youth chapel. And uh, he said that the first one was pretty exciting. The second one, you're you're trying to keep track of what you said. The third one, you have no idea if you've already said it or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and if these are the same people, deja vu, you know. Yeah. Well, that's it for us. And uh, we definitely look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Joe, we'll make sure you get your t-shirt. We love you, Joe. Yeah, we love you, Joe. We'll talk to you later, man. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now.